When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and it's time for something a little bit different. I caught up with two Newcastle United fans who travelled all the way from Australia to watch the club take on Brighton earlier this month. Paul and John Fitzsimmons were originally born in the North East but moved to Australia when they were youngsters. They were back in the region and unfortunately for John it was his first ever game at St James's Park. Now the game itself wasn't all that memorable but the pair had a wonderful day meeting other fans, talking about football. And this is their story about their experience back in Newcastle and just why they've kept supporting the club after all these years. So my name's Paul Fitzsimmons. Um, live in Gold Coast, uh, Queensland, sunny Australia. And my name's John Fitzsimmons. I'm Paul's brother and I'm also from Australia on the Gold Coast as well. You guys are Newcastle United fans, uh, originally born here in the North East and then moved over with your family um, many, many years ago. But you came back for Newcastle versus Brighton. Um, John, it was your first game. I think on behalf of Newcastle United fans and probably the club, we apologise for what you, you saw on Saturday because it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a good game by any stretch. No, I mean, it's a long way to travel away across the, um, the world to, to see a match. And to see a performance like that was pretty, pretty disappointing, if I'm honest. Um, but I mean, to be honest, it was, it was a pretty special moment being at St James's Park and, and still experiencing the atmosphere. And it was a real highlight seeing Andy Carroll come on at that back end of the game and hearing that chant go up in the stadium was, was a real special moment. So I think it was worth the trip just for that. But I'll be lying if I'd say I wasn't disappointed that we didn't at least get to experience the goal and, and feel that atmosphere erupt at St James's Park. That would have been a very special moment to experience. You guys moved over to Australia in 1993, so at the height of the entertainers, well, just the beginning of it, um, the contrast to what we have all these years later, it's, it's, it's very different, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's the painful part. Like, uh, growing up as little lads living here, we sort of picked and sticked with our clubs, so we've seen the highs and the lows. Um, since, since 2007, it's really been a downward spiral. Um, it's hard to sort of grasp any positives but uh, definitely the 90s growing up in in primary school uh, the results that we had yeah it was it was incredible it was great to be a part of you you wore the jersey with with pride still do now but it was yeah it was great great times great memories so your parents were born here in the northeast uh, you guys were born in Hexham your mum was played and your dad had fed him and then obviously you moved to the other side of the world and obviously there's support our groups over there but to keep following Newcastle all these years later, um, is, it, is it tough? How has it been? I mean, obviously, what's the coverage like over there? But I guess with no success on the pitch, have you ever thought about wandering over to another club? I think there is a culture in Australia of um, not picking and sticking. I think people do change teams um, when they're not seeing a lot of success on the pitch. But I think for us, it's, it's, we've been loyal from the minute we moved over to now and, and we, we would never change. Um, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that it, it is tough at times. I think in Australia we have to get up at um, midnight, 2am, 3am in the morning to watch a game. When you get up and watch a game like the Brighton game the other day, 
it can be pretty frustrating um, and you could have just stayed in bed and had a few extra hours of sleep but um but yeah we never once thought about changing and we absolutely love the club and I mean we love all sports we have lots of different teams that we follow in different codes um, but I guess football is our, our one true love and, and Newcastle United will never die for us So did you pick the Brighton game in the hope that Newcastle would win were you thinking when you came over that would be one of the, the games that Newcastle would definitely get three points from? Yeah 100% I had an option of one of two games um, when I came over here so I could have gone and seen um, the Brighton game at home or the Manchester United game um, so for me I, I chose the Brighton game hoping that well surely we're more likely to get a, a result in that game and at least experience a goal um, comparatively to Man United so uh, yeah I'm, I'm hoping that we still get a result against Man U but I'll be a little bit disappointed as well that I missed out on it if it's a good result too. That was just your, your second game uh, Paul. Um, were you shocked by what you saw in the stands obviously it went down the tenants was down to 43 thousand i guess you'd you'd read about the fall in attendances before you got here but i mean obviously you've, you've you've seen games on tv over the years and no doubt heard from family members about the kind of the waiting list for season tickets or even just single match day tickets and here you are at a game travel from the other side of the world and there's only forty three thousand uh watching watching it yeah i guess in a way i i felt really blessed when i was here in september of 2017 that was my first game newcastle stoke city uh, Atsu uh, Volley uh, near post I believe it was and then a LaSalle's power header to win 2-1 so uh, more bums on seats then back in 2017 better atmosphere so uh, stark contrast to my experience at my second game Newcastle Brighton and I just feel for my brother if anything that he couldn't experience what I experienced because um, it's, it's famous the atmosphere in the ground the lead up to it the walk up to the ground outside the strawberry and uh, yeah, big big change. Noticed a big change in a short space of time, two years, which is a bit disappointing. Paul mentions there the, the, the atmosphere and walking up to the ground. So for you to do that for the first time, despite the result, despite the performance, let's forget that, but just that moment of walking up, seeing the statue of Sir Bobby, seeing the statue of Alan Shearer, what was it like? Oh, it, was, it was incredibly special, incredibly special. I think that like for me, seeing the stadium for the first time when we walked around from the Chinatown area and um, coming up to the strawberry on our right and St James's Park directly ahead of me and seeing that stadium on the hill was incredibly special and something that I'll never forget. Um, and just even just spending time with the supporters in Nine Bar and things like that before the game and, and really immersing myself in the atmosphere of that was, was incredibly special. Um, and then walking in St James's Park and down that tunnel and seeing the pitch for the first time, I, yeah, it's something I absolutely never forget. So let's talk about kind of the politics of Newcastle United. Um, obviously, we have Mike Ashley, the owner. You know, nobody really is a fan of him, accused of not backing the team. Obviously, Rafa Benitez is gone. Steve Bruce has come in. What is the view of Newcastle United over in Australia? I mean, how have they viewed what has been a very chaotic summer? I guess the diehard fans that I've come across back at home, they just accept it for what it is, like um, sort of wore people down. Like there's, like I said, a clutching at straws as far as trying to take positives now. Like you support your team through thick and thin. The modern day fans that are uh, exposed to what Newcastle's putting out on the pitch and the owner, what he's been doing, um, yeah, they they believe that's how it always was. So it's um, you kind of have to sort of, not justify, but explain to them <laughs> how it's gotten to where it is, and uh, yeah, it's it's hard to hard to not get annoyed about it. To be honest, would you say you're? I don't know. Fortunate is the right word, but obviously, you, when you you were growing up, um, 
like we say, we had the entertainers, we had the famous 3-2 win over... 5 uh, Yeah, my night, 3-2 win over Barcelona. Um, and then you had the Champions League when I said by Robson, you know, the famous win over Juventus. For that, you know, that period, does that, does that give you a different insight? You know, does, does that make what we see today even worse because you can see where Newcastle have been, you've experienced it, um, and then we're now at this level. Does that make it even worse for you? Yeah, 100%, like uh, reflecting on the past triumphs and when we had a taste when Rafa was there, three special years three special years at the club, I'll always cherish that. Um, he saw the potential in the club, he wanted to take the club forward, he had like really good ideas, it was a breath of fresh air, it was devastating to lose him. Um, I guess, if anything, we just hold out hope that change will effect, come into effect one, one year, one day, one month, and then we'll be able to kick on and reach our full potential and yeah get those happy days St James's Park Euro- European days again a bit of experience that so back home is it a case that you, you go down to the local pub to watch the game are there many Newcastle United supporters groups or is it like you say you just watch it at home how do you how do you cover Newcastle United or sorry watch Newcastle United from back in Australia um, it's a little bit different so we um, I mean sometimes based on the timing of the game being at like 3am in the morning and stuff like that and they stop serving drinks at that time in Australia based on the, the alcohol curfew um, it can be difficult to go out and obviously have some beers and enjoy it with the lads but um, we've sometimes gone to the Pig and Whistle in Brisbane and watched the games there and there's a great atmosphere in that pub um, to watch the football uh, but more often than not you do end up watching it just at home um, on the couch or at a friend's place or something like that um, most of my friends back home are Liverpool fans so I get to see them enjoy watching their games and seeing great results but then for myself it can be pretty disappointing at times but um, yeah always love watching the tune and, and especially good when we obviously get a good result Obviously, Newcastle have travelled over to that part of the world on pre-season tours. And I mean, did you ever get to see them? I think they went to New Zealand. Was was one of them? Yeah. Were you were you there? Did you get to see that? Yeah, we we'll, uh, we made the decision to go across in 2014 to um, follow Newcastle around in Dunedin and Wellington. Um, so we took every opportunity that came our way. We went and watched them train at high altitude in Wellington, uh, their home pub. We were there, getting amongst the fans, and. Um, we had a bit of behind-the-scenes access with the players. We were looked after by some of the team officials. So, yeah, we've got plenty of pictures and memories from that trip that will last a long time. Even though it was a Mike Ashley-era team, uh, it, was, it was still incredible because it was so close to home for us. So we're never going to pass up that opportunity to go and watch them. Let's try and find some positives then from Saturday. It wasn't a good performance. Um, we did have Alan to maximum come off the bench and he, he looked lively. Um, Fabian shared, you know, again, proving what a buy he's been. I mean, for you, on the pitch, in terms of players, what, if anything, stood out? Um, I think I've been really impressed, as you said, with Fabian Shah since he started, signed with the club, I think, for £5 million, I think it was. Um, he's been a phenomenal signing for us and an absolute still, yeah. Um, I think I've also been impressed with Maximum so far. I mean, it's still very early days and we've only seen what, like, I think combined 25 minutes maybe from him prior to the game against Brighton. But um, I think when he came on, it definitely was a good injection of pace and energy and we definitely looked a lot more dangerous on the counter-attack with him up there. And um, I think Andy Carroll back at the club is, is, is special as well. I've heard that um, the ankle surgery that he had prior to now wasn't done very well and he had to have it corrected and now they've got a lot more confident that it's going to be... A better result for him moving forward so I think with him fit and in the team and Maximin obviously feeding him from the wings I think it's definitely something to be excited about 
Um, my favourite player is actually Sean Longstaff, um, so I was also very disappointed that he didn't play against Brighton. Um, but I feel like we're a different a different team when he's on the pitch, and um, yeah, I'm just hoping that he can stay fit this year and and yeah, lead us to some good results. Fingers crossed uh, he gets back sooner rather than later. Let's talk about Miguel Almiron. Just can't seem to buy a goal. Um, he should have scored on Saturday. Uh, Matt Ryan did produce. Uh, we'll, we'll call it a decent enough save. But again, he, I mean. How, how do you feel he's done this season and is it a case that you, the goal, you, you think the goal will come and you know, it's a case of just you know just back the man? I think it's very much with Almiron, the jury's out, like he's unproven quantity in the Premier League coming from the MLS. Um, I have faith that he will come good. Um, doesn't help not being under Rafa's stewardship anymore with obviously Steve Bruce, fresh ideas and what he wants, how he wants him to play. He's been sort of changed, played as central taking midfielder, he's been on the flanks, so I think he's better on the flanks. So I reckon that in time, uh, he will come good. Um, he's a he's a lively play. He's an X factor. He, he brings something different. Yeah, I have faith that he'll come good. Let's talk about Steve Bruce and Rafa Benitez. Then, obviously, Rafa's contract was up. He decided not to stay. Now, gone off to China. Uh, when you heard the news that you know he wasn't going to renew his his deal, um, what was your initial reaction? I think I, I think I've always held on to to hope that things are going to get better, and um, I think that when Rafa Benitez did sign for us, it was like a dream come true, and it was, it was hard to believe that it was actually happening to our club. And as I said before, many of my friends back home are Liverpool fans, and um, they spoke really highly of Rafa Benitez and what he's going to bring to our club, and it was something we really could get excited about and, and look forward to the future. And um, despite all the all the lows across the years, it's, I've always managed to sort of keep hope. And I'm, I'm generally a very positive person, but I think that when Rafa Benitez was confirmed leaving the club, that was probably the lowest moment I've experienced as a Newcastle United fan. And it's just like that glimmer of hope that you've you've had with Rafa there has just been stripped away from you, and and you can't help but be quite negative at times about what the future may hold. But I mean, I think Steve Bruce, it's definitely a massive change from Rafa Benitez to say the least. Um, I'm still a little bit cynical about what that's going to look like in the future, but at the same time, I think give him the 10 games and see see what he can deliver for us, and then from there we can kind of judge him and, and make that decision. But I think, yeah, to go from someone that's so tactically astute in Rafa Benitez to, to Steve Bruce, I think it's, it's a big adjustment to make. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you listen through. Is it a case of all that whoever was going to replace Rafa Benitez, it was always going to be, well, you're not Rafa Benitez? Yeah, that's, that's correct. Uh, anyone was always going to be up against it. Uh, in that case, like Steve Bruce, um, in my opinion, like he's a, you've got the modern-day managers like Klopp and Guardiola, and Steve Bruce is kind of like an old-fashioned type manager because he's been in the game a long time. So it was always going to be a, it's always going to be a tough tough act to follow following Rafa because uh, being down the training ground when I was back in 2017 see how like thorough he was and well drilled the players were and everyone sort of seemed to know their job and how professional they were yeah I, I thought that was my first thought that came to mind when he was appointed I'm thinking he's going to have a tough time here he's going to have a tough time so let's talk about then your memories growing up as a Newcastle United fan and what got you hooked and what made you stay a Newcastle United fan after all these years that like we've, we've previously have mentioned that you know some well, the majority may wander elsewhere, but what was it about Newcastle United? Was it the family connection? Was it what? Just what was it for yourselves that you thought, right, this is the team that you know I'm going to keep on supporting? I think I think it's a combination of factors. To be honest, with you. I think that like from 
being a young kid, I think our parents made sure that we were being our, dressed in our black and whites at home and you, know, you get photos when we're like little kids wearing our jerseys and that's pretty special. Knowing that our family's from there, um, there was a pretty uh, pinnacle moment where we were kids where actually grandparents came over to visit and they brought us a jersey each and um, one of them was David Batty and the other one was Alan Shearer and we got to choose one each and I actually got the got the good stick in that in that one because I actually picked the Shearer jersey and Paul got David Batty um, but growing up watching Alan Shearer was just incredible like it is I don't think there's been there will be another player like him it was just unbelievable whether it be ball on the ground or in the air um, he just seemed like the most complete striker and still to this day probably the closest person I've seen to coming to him is, is Sergio Aguero um, so to grow up during his era and see him play was was incredibly special and I think that it just if there was any doubt about me ever wanting to change clubs, I think that he just solidified that love and that passion that I have for the club. And, yeah, it, it'll, it'll never change. And I just live and hope that one day we'll sign someone local or get someone local from the academy that is actually is as good as he was. I think it's crossing If you pull a game that stood out, was there, was there a certain game that you thought, OK, this is, this is why I support Newcastle United? The 5-0 the Man United win was uh, stuck in my mind. It's the Philippe Albert, just the dink over Kasper Michael and the facial expression. That one st- stands long in the memory because Manchester United were a dominant team in the 90s. So that, for me, uh, was the pinnacle game and uh, the pinnacle goal, which really made me just, wow, stand up and take notice, was the uh, Papa Cisse uh, Chelsea 2-0, where the, uh, the, right, the right curl from the sideline into the uh, top right-hand corner and Petacek's face. It was um, priceless. <laughs> Any other memories that stick out for you when you when people do ask you why you're a Newcastle United fan and you go, well, you know, this is why? Oh, for, for me, I think that I remember the Patrick Clivert goal that obviously secured us a win in the, um, in the, I think it was the Champions League match at the time against Barcelona. I think that was a, a really, really special moment. I think they replayed that goal in, in the movie goal, I think. Yeah, that was that was pretty special. But I think for me, like a lot of the positive memories, because when you're a kid growing up in Australia watching the games, I remember sitting on the lounge room floor watching that Manchester United game 5-0 with the old man wearing the jerseys and stuff, and that was pretty special. But I think a lot of our positive memories actually come more recently when we look at the games where Pardew was in charge and we obviously finished fifth in the league. Um, that was a really happy time, and it's probably where most of our positive memories of the club come from. Um, growing up, obviously, watching the games at home in the lounge room floor as young kids and stuff, it's... It, you do remember those moments, but I think overall it's, you, you don't have that appreciation for what actually it meant because I guess you kind of anticipated that it would last for a long time and, in fact, it actually turned out to be very different. So you guys have come all the way from Queensland. Obviously, every match day there's, there's, there's people flying in from all over the world. Um, I think Chronicle Live did a story on I think it was a, a gentleman from Japan who flew in. Um, what is it you think about the global appeal about Newcastle United that keeps people from all over the world coming back to St James's Park I think it's, it's it's incredible talking to these different people like just hearing their different stories why they go for the club um, on the Saturday on the game day we met an uh, American from North Carolina it was his birthday on Saturday he come all the way from America just to go to the game and he's that's literally all he did he come all that way just for the game so all his fans primarily Liverpool fans and he's a Newcastle fan and more or less the same reasons as us just the um he grew up watching greatness, and he's sort of he's hoping that that changes again. The New Zealand tour, we met a young lad called Kane and his family, uh, lifelong sort of Geordie fans as well. Once again, different 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 reasons for supporting the club. And uh, Josh Dinney and his dad from New South Wales, um, 
they're in the Wei we Man uh, dress up. So just living and breathing Newcastle, and just uh, everyone's got a different story, and it's it's, it's good to see because there's still plenty of fans out there, Australia and uh, worldwide, that we've met. You mentioned that the New Zealand tour obviously it came on the backdrop of a terrible tragedy we were just talking about there um, about John and Liam um, and it turns out that they would have been actually sitting in front of you guys at one of the games and I mean that tragedy showed just the family connection of the club everyone came together um, I mean for you guys being at the stage I mean obviously having the backdrop of that and everyone obviously was, was very devastated and upset about what had happened I mean what was it what was it like? It was, a, it was a pretty eerie feeling. I think definitely you felt the, the family sort of connection and feel of the club because I think from the minute we arrived in Dunedin talking to fellow Newcastle United supporters that were there, it was you very much felt like immediately you're part of a family. Um, so that was special. But I think that when we actually rocked up to the game and before the game started, um, Colaccini and Alan Pardew actually walked up to the seating area where we were seated and placed two reefs directly in front of our seats. And I think just to know that had that tragedy not taken place, they would have been sitting, sitting directly in front of us at that game. And based on how open and friendly everyone was, we were just chatting with everyone we met. Um, I don't doubt that had they have made it, we would have actually conversed with them on that day. Um, so it was a pretty, pretty eerie feeling um, knowing that that had happened and, and that they could have been sitting in front of us that day. I suppose you know, the fact that they, they travelled all the way from the northeast um, just shows the kind of the bug you get when you are in your cast United sport because you know you guys coming all the way here it's not cheap you know it's a, I mean how long have you guys had a plan for uh, for me it was a, it was a two months out job but uh, John and Jess um, they planned their Europe trip for quite some time so they planned it well in advance so it's, it's not you know it, it, it does take planning for for Newcastle fans travelling over you know to New Zealand or whether it be China there were plenty in China as well it's 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 not cheap. It's 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 not an easy journey to make, and it just shows just how much the club means to to support us. Yeah, like hearing stories about um, Alder and Sweeney, um, that commitment rubs off on you. Um, it's it, it's hard not to. So you hear stories about fans and where they've come from when you're talking to them, and it just um, and and it just yeah, it makes you want to stick stick with them, stick with them for the tough the tough times. Because um, Newcastle's never short of a, of a bit of drama, so there's uh, there's good times ahead. Just stay positive. Is it difficult to stay positive with everything that is going on? Obviously, Newcastle the beat Spurs, and it was a very good performance. But apart from that, it's it's not really gone too well for Steve Bruce, and he's opening six games. Um, given the off the field um, stuff as well, is it difficult for? For, to keep positive and especially when you're on the other side of the world and like you say it does cost all this money to come here and it is it's not a once in a lifetime uh, trip but it is probably a once in what for you it's a once in two so I mean you know it, it, it's not every every week you get to come yeah I think like for us I mean it was devastating that Rafa Benitez left but I felt compelled to come here now because at least you get to experience Newcastle United still in the Premier League I think that I'm still optimistic that we will stay up this year and obviously have a decent decent enough season um, but I think that it's very hard to sort of anticipate where the season's going to go, and um, it, it can be difficult at times. I think that for me, I'm, I'm I am normally a very optimistic person, so I'm hopeful that we're going to have a good season. But right now, at this point in time, off the back of the Tottenham result and the Brighton game, there's just two stark contrasts in terms of the performances themselves. So it's really difficult to predict where this one's going to go, and um, I'm just hopeful that we can stay tight, stay compact and stay, have a similar sort of a game plan and approach to what we've had to our previous seasons that have managed to serve us so well and, and hopefully we can 
finishing at least that sort of 16th, 17th sort of area and, and staying in the Premier League. So Survival. Um, if you could then ask Mike Ashley, uh, say one question each, what would, it, what would it be? I guess the overriding question is, is what most people ask is where's the money gone? Like you get that hundred odd million each season just for being in the Premier League and if he's cleared the debt, where's the money gone? And I guess it's more than one question because he's... Um, He's so uh, resistant to talking to the media or keeping fans updated. Um, you've got questions like, why don't we speculate to accumulate? Like, there's plenty of other clubs like the Leicesters and West Ham's that they're, they're trying to kick on, um, but we we seem to be standing still. Um, we seem to be only reactive um, when we when we run into some trouble, like when there's the risk of dropping, as we say, to the Championship, which is disappointing. Um, and we just seem to be a selling club these days. So we sign like marquee players, but. In the back of your mind, you're wondering if they're going to be, be here for a long time, whereas it never used to be like that back in the, uh, as we say, the glory days, the good, the, the good times. We used to be uh, players were there for a couple of years and we wanted to build on something. Yeah, I think for me, I, I really, my couple of questions would be around um, why, why didn't you fully back and give all your support to Rafa, Rafa Benitez? World-class manager, he brought a lot to the club, he engaged the fans, he gave everyone hope for the future and... I think there's no doubt in any fan's mind that that guy knew what he was doing in terms of like how to get results, how to actually move the club forward. And if it were me, I'd give him absolute full control over all football matters. But it didn't pan out that way for Mike Ashley, and I would love to know the full ins and outs as to why he didn't do that from his perspective. And I think very much, I'd also love to understand why we don't speculate to accumulate. I think that you're seeing clubs like Wolves and Bournemouth, these so-called small clubs that have come up over the, the last sort of 10 years or whatever it's been, and... Um, that despite the fact they've got small stadiums and small revenues comparatively to us I mean they're obviously investing and in buying some decent players and actually continuing to move forward um, whereas we don't seem to be doing that and, and it is very frustrating um, like purely just through ticket revenue sales alone I'd imagine that we take a fair bit of extra income each season comparatively to these clubs so where, where are we spending this money and why are we not investing that money back into players each year I guess like um just referring to us being here in Newcastle on this trip, um, we're, uh, we're approving Mike Ashley's behaviour because we've spent a lot of money on merchandise when we've been here, we've paid for the match day tickets, so as much as you don't want to support what is going on, um, there's always going to be like a worldwide audience that wants to come and experience what we've experienced on this trip alone, so I guess it's up to the uh, local Newcastle City fans to keep keep up the good work and just make a stand against this bad behaviour which has gone on far too long I know you guys want to put a shout out to um, other fans in your, your home country so this is your chance yeah just want to make uh, all of our Australian friends and our um, fellow Geordie fans in Australia um, special mention to uh, Russ Turner and uh, Matty Hewitt um, hello from uh, the Toon and uh, we'll see you soon and um, I'll do a shout-out to our parents, so um, the, uh, the true Geordie fans that obviously got us in, in love with the club uh, early on, and that's to Paul Fitzsimmons and Deborah Fitzsimmons, uh, and to our little sister Stephanie Fitzsimmons as well. well there you have it. That is uh, the view of Newcastle United from our Australian friends. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to like and subscribe. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast.